Episode 73, Tearing Kriya. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And I wasn't going to broadcast today before Yom Kippur. I was going to wait till after Yom Kippur to give my weekly podcast, but a tragedy has occurred and I really want to address it. You see, I was going to talk about how that now the hugging and that you're most likely saying to yourself, you need to get organized because getting out the sukkah decorations have been hard and dealing with the menu planning and moving from chag to chag is just really challenging for you. And so you're going to get organized for 5779 and get to your goals and achieve the goals you want to get to by having more organization in your home. And then I was going to remind you all that the challenge course I run is starting after Sukkot and it's open for registration and that you should register if you want to make 5779 the year you get your clutter under control. But then yesterday something really terrible happened. And after I talked about registration, I was going to talk about a phone call that I got from a lady who wanted to know about what she should do about buying things on sale and then storing them away. And I was going to tell you a story that happened to me while I was clearing out my storage room uh, where I had bought something and put it away. So God willing, I'll tell you that next week. But I really um, have something that I want to say today. Yesterday, it's taken me four tries to try to record this. So just please bear with me. Yesterday, a Jew was murdered in broad daylight in the middle of grocery shopping. He was named Ari Fold. And Ari Fold ran after his assailant and shot him, even though his murderer hit a vital artery. Ari and I didn't know each other, but I did feel connected to him. His brother, Hillel, helped my husband find his first job here in Israel. And um, I found out about Ari's death because I got an email from my children's old school in America announcing his death. He was alumni of the same school that my children had gone to, and his father had actually been the principal of the school many years before we got there, but still, it felt like... uh, there was a connection. And when I watched the funeral, actually on the live stream, I did see several people that I knew. And so that was a little bit comforting. I generally try to be apolitical. You all probably know that I live in Israel. And I don't really try to talk about it much or share my political opinions. And I'm not gonna share them today. (laughs) I'm just gonna tell you that I never really considered myself a Zionist. I just consider myself a Jewess who lives in Israel and who came because she wanted to give her kids a Jewish education and have them grow up in a Jewish country, in a country where it's normal to be Jewish, not strange. And I'm not always a great person, <laughs> but of course I try my best and I try my hardest to fulfill my tough kid my life mission. And it took me time to figure that out, by the way, (laughs) a lot of time. Uh, Sorry. But yesterday, just for the special privilege of being a Jew, Ari Fold was murdered. And 
I watched the live stream of the funeral that took place in Quaritzion. And there were a few things that struck me. The first is that there were thousands of people going to his funeral. I read one account that someone drove almost halfway to Betar looking for a parking space, which is about eight miles before he gave up looking for a parking space. There were so many people, there wasn't anywhere to park for eight miles, at least. <sighs> Sorry for all the sniffling. A friend of my husband's, Ben Goldstein, um, who is an amazing, amazing person, and um, he is a warrior for Israel every single day. He shot footage from before the funeral, and because he's a Kohen, he couldn't uh, go into the actual funeral, but that was okay. There was a live stream about that. But what was interesting about what Ben was um, filming was that no one was pushing or yelling or fighting. Everybody just wanted to have a common goal, and that was to give respect to really a hero in Israel and they wanted to do it as one nation with our differences set aside which is a miracle by the way and the unity was just amazing to watch but what saddened me the most was watching Ari's youngest son who shares the same name as my oldest son and uh it's probably about the same age. Watching him <laughs> watching him say Kaddish for his father while he was walking to the gravesite, it just it was awful to watch. But I did notice something. He was wearing his school t shirt. Here in Israel, it's common to wear a t-shirt with your school symbol on it. And this child had been in school when his father was murdered. And he didn't even have the time to change out of his school shirt to go to the funeral. Because in Israel, if you die in Jerusalem, you have to be buried that day. There is no time to wait. You just get buried. A friend... Uh, I'm sorry. I watched the whole thing until the footage cut out and my husband said to me before we went to bed that he would make sure <laughs> that I was buried in an eco-friendly way and my husband is also a Kohen so we don't uh, he's never really been to a funeral <laughs> thank God and uh, he doesn't always know what happens and he didn't really know what happened and he said to me I promise I'll I'll make sure it's an eco-friendly funeral and I said well, all Jewish funerals are, especially in Israel, where they don't use wooden boxes. But then, um, and by the way, thank you for that, uh, honey, that you said that. It's like you really know me. <laughs> but I got to thinking about it. And part of the reason why I noticed Ari's son's t-shirt was because... For parents, you tear Kriya on the right side of your shirt to expose your heart. And that's the side of the shirt that children in Israel get stamped with their school logo. I remember once reading about the laws of tearing Kriya and how you shouldn't tear 
too much because if you do, you would violate Baltashlit. You're not supposed to tear more than a tefach, which is approximately eight centimeters or three inches, according to the Shulchan Aruch. And like I said, the reason is because it's Baltashlit. Even in times of our deepest, most personal tragedies, we still need to be thoughtful about unnecessary destruction. And we know that David was punished for ripping King Saul's garment because it wasn't necessary. I actually went to see a client yesterday before I found out about this tragedy. or I was already there in the morning when it happened. And at the end of the day, she had decluttered a lot. <laughs> and where she lived, she didn't have great recycling facilities, but where I live in Haifa, there are fairly good recycling uh, facilities. And I always take take um, whatever I can from the clients and I either donate it or recycle it. And she said, she asked me, she said, would you rather schlep all the discarded items to the recycling than just throw them in the trash can? Isn't it so much more effort? And I said, you know what? I would rather put in the effort because to me, the Torah says, he says it to, the Torah says it to everybody, but to me, the meaning of don't waste is, is to be responsible about how we dispose of our waste. And just because we've overconsumed doesn't mean we shouldn't try to fix the problem in the best possible way, which is to reuse as much as possible. And recycling does reuse things, so that's why I felt it was important. We shouldn't unnecessarily destroy things just because they aren't useful to us anymore, which is why, which is, which is what putting things in the trash does. It just unnecessarily destroys things that aren't useful to us anymore. It makes them unusable. Some people say that what happened to Ari was a tragedy, and it was, and for his family especially. But one thing that uh, one of Ari's brothers, I believe it was Donnie, said at the funeral was that Ari fulfilled his tafkid. A tafkid is your mission in life. God took Ari because his mission was over. And that's what God wants from us, after all, is to fulfill our tafkid. To, to me, uh, to me, making Israel and the world beautiful, uh, because if you've been to Israel lately, you know that trash is a really big problem. Israelis waste almost as much as Americans, but, but making Israel and the world beautiful feels like it's part of my tafkid. Being waste-free and teaching about it feels like it's part of my tafkid. And I'm not always perfect, and I make mistakes, and I sometimes take the easy way out, I'll admit it. But I do the best that I can. And really, in the end, that's all that we can do. So... As you go through Yom Kippur Tefillah this year, think about how you how you can make the earth a better place, either by reducing your waste, reducing your consumption, 
or however you're supposed to express your tough key, being kind to others, including others, whatever it is. But remember, fulfilling your tough key won't happen through having too much stuff. Because when we have a lot of stuff, we worry about the stuff. We don't have time to worry about the things that are not important. One of Ari's other brothers, Moshe, I think, said that Ari always gave of himself with a smile and he had time for everyone. And no project was too big or too small for him. When you have too much stuff, you can't spend time on anyone. You can only spend time on taking care of the stuff. And in the end, that isn't what's important. And since you can't take it with you anyways, why bother accumulating so much of it? It's just a burden on your family later. I sincerely and deeply hope that for 5779, all of you listening will pledge to be better and more thoughtful consumers so that you don't waste your time on stuff. If I can help you or you just want to tell me your story, please reach out because I love when you do. Before I sign off, I want to say now more than ever, we need you to visit Israel. I made Aliyah in 2014 during Operation Protective Edge, and we moved straight to Haifa, and there were two, three teenage boys who were kidnapped two months before we made Aliyah. But honestly, I don't feel scared or worried. I always feel like God's protecting us here, and I have a tremendous gratitude for being able to live here. Thank God I've never heard the air sirens go off to notify everyone to get in the mamad, the safe room, or the miklat, which are public shelters, except for practice ones. And please, God, I never will, but I feel safe. And it happens. The security guard checks my purse every time I go into the grocery store. Maybe I'm insulated here in Haifa because people seem to manage to live in peace. But please come and visit and come and see our beautiful homeland, a place where it is possible to feel the hand of God every single day. And experience the miracle of the beauty that is Israel. I told you last week that I said, Tashlich, standing by the sea. And for me, that is where I experience God the most. But I look around and I see that there are beautiful mountains and other gorgeous things around us here in Haifa. I mean, Eliyahu Hanavi found them uh, to be meditative, I guess, because this is where he came to prepare for his famous battle with the Baal. There is always something to experience here, so please don't turn away and be scared. Thanks for putting up with all my sobbing today. I want to wish you all a Gemar Chatima Tova. May you have a long and healthy life. May you have a sweet life. May you have a life free of clutter so that you can fulfill your tough kid. Thanks for listening today. <laughs>